0: Hello everyone. This is Data Driven Formula One with Patrick Hanson, Gana Pogrevna. Hi, Patrick. Hello, Gana. Hello, all. Hello, all. Yeah, we had quite a quite a long break, <laughs> mostly due due to me. Uh, so this was kind of caused by the the COVID uh, booster that I had. <laughs> Uh, but, but we are back. Yeah, but it's, it's great to be back. And today we're talking about 1977, uh, so very exciting season. So let's just get to it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, I would uh, compare it a little bit uh, to a classic uh, play, which we have in uh, three acts. So let's, the uh, Laudas Ferraris it would be called this uh, play. Uh, Lauda, well in fact it's not uh, really in three acts, but uh, in 1974 he was the appendix, uh, the Paduan, uh, and uh, Kaira uh, was the number one driver, but in uh, 75 this uh, changed. Uh, Lauda uh, was the number one uh, driver with uh, Ferrari. He was uh, the fastest driver, uh, sitting in the fastest car, so we have here the normal a first act uh, of a classic play, the hero starts his journey and is uh, successful. Then we had the last year, 1976, the hero struggled, um, uh, but thanks uh, 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 accepted uh, the challenge. Uh, and due to this, growth, he not uh, won because uh, James Hunt, we know. And now we are 1977, and this is like the classic uh, 90s uh, third act, meaning. Our hero uh, grew through this uh, challenge and became stronger and uh, will be finally successful.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, very, very cool analogy. So let's just, uh, um, I guess, start with the season and yeah, we, we kind of talked uh, through the 1976 year and um, yeah, that was uh, that was definitely a, a kind of turning year in the career of Niki Lauda. So I completely agree <laughs> with, with you, Patrick, here. Yeah, yeah and um, yeah, uh, you you can see that um a very interesting season. You know, lots of different yeah. drivers um, kind of taking the lead uh, during this season. And uh, yeah, quite a lot of, I mean, I just want to say before we begin discussing uh, uh, the season itself, there were quite a few pole positions uh, for Mario Andretti, right, probably more than any other driver he was on pole, but um, yeah, but these uh, pole positions did not um, realize into wins or did not, yeah, and, uh, I mean, I mean, not all I mean, of them realize into wins, yeah.
1: Right, and uh, uh, more, uh, maybe more uh, um, extreme uh, for James Hunt. I mean, if we just see the pool positions, uh, the first three races, James Hunt always the uh, reigning champion, always on the uh, pool position, and after this, he also had three more uh, uh, pool positions. Um, and we will discuss this a little bit uh, later in today's uh, episode, uh, because uh, nikki Lauda said uh, in an interview, and this was also f- uh, famously used in the Rush movie, that Uh, James Hunt was uh, maybe lacking of motivation, uh, but our data maybe speak a little bit a different uh, story and we will come uh, back to this a little bit later.
0: Yeah, and I just want again to mention this is uh, I think a good place to mention uh, Rush again because we we mentioned that when we talked about 1976 season But uh, of course, uh, if you want to sort of refresh your memory a little bit more about what happened in 1976-1977, Russia is a good movie to watch. Again, we would like to make a footnote that the conflict uh, between James Hunt and Nikki Lauder was exa- exaggerated but uh, you can watch <laughs> our specials <laughs> on this uh, right so we have specials on uh, a special on James Hunt, James Hunt and we talked uh, quite a lot about this uh, dichotomy between James Hunt and Nicky Lauder also in uh, our team teams team team duels uh, special so check out those specials uh, and uh, we actually uh, have some quotes from Nicky Lauda and how he describes, uh, he described uh, his uh, standoff or so-called standoff with James Hunt yep. back in the day. So uh, yeah, it's always important to understand that uh, obviously movies are, you know, not not always the, the exact uh, f- footprint of the reality, and uh, this yep. is definitely the case here. Yep.
1: I completely agreed. 1976 uh, also brought uh, a number of uh, changes. The first one, the dawn of the Turbo Age, uh, especially uh, started by the French uh, Renault team, mm-hmm. uh, not, uh, not from the very first race, but they would uh, enter Formula One, uh, like in the middle uh, of the season. So this is something which, of course, had a highly impact uh, 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 to the, also in the next years up to today.
0: Yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, uh, I think this is also a very important uh, stage of the development of, uh, you know, automotive and racing in particular. And... Um, yeah, this uh, uh, this is also kind of the turning point of 1970s. And um, mm-hmm. I also think that um, uh, this kind of signified started to signify in the decline of the Lotus team, because, uh, you know, one of my favorite teams uh, throughout the 70s was Lotus. And we discussed it a lot uh, with Patrick. Uh, we discussed Colin Chapman and how, you know, the Lotus cars were always kind of the lightest. Um, and very competitive. But I think uh, this particular change had a dramatic impact on on, on Lotus team, along with obviously other reasons, uh, financial things and and other uh, other, um, factors. But um, definitely this innovation brought uh, some important challenges that that the Lotus team couldn't handle, I think. Well, that's obviously my my personal opinion. (laughs) I don't know if many people would agree, but
1: yeah yeah uh, but of course you're speaking here a uh, longer term because on the short term uh, lotus was still uh, quite competitive yeah.
0: yeah yeah they were competitive but I'm just saying this is the start of the decline right
1: um, yeah mm-hmm. and, and important uh, if if they the start of the decline this doesn't mean that the decline is already visible
0: yes at least right. not,
1: at least not uh, if you don't have any um, uh, insider knowledge because for the spectators uh, 77, um, uh, uh, 78, uh, Lotus was still highly competitive, and in fact, uh, on the short run, uh, uh, thanks to the other big uh, change, they had been uh, maybe the uh, lead, the best car at the end of '77 and especially in the next year. So uh, they had maybe the the uh, the last of the big uh, ideas by uh, Colin Chapman. Uh, the dawn of the ground effect cars, uh, I called it here. So this was practically the last uh, great uh, concept he uh, integrated with Lotus that still brought him back uh, uh, to being competitive and uh, the next year uh, having the car which you have uh, to beat.
0: Yeah, that's right, Uh, that's right. So yeah, I don't mean that it happened rapidly, but um, if you look um, you know, when, when I did uh, this um, an analysis of uh, competitiveness in uh, Formula One, you could you could definitely see how Lotus spikes kind of above Ferrari and McLaren in 1970s, but then it declines, right? And and that's what I mean. So I think that 1977 was kind of this 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 turning year for them. But of course, they were competitive for a number of years um, after after 1977.
1: Yeah, so uh, 1977 was also the first year when uh, we had the ground uh, effect uh, cars which uh, first implemented as mentioned by Lotus and then uh, copied by everybody until uh, later in the first half of the 1980s it was forbidden uh, because these cars uh, became uh, so fast. And the problem is if, uh, for whatever reason, you uh, lose the contact with the track, for example, you are a little bit uh, on the left, on the right, on the grass, so practically, this uh, without warning, the ground effect uh, drops off and this uh, can lead to a very dangerous accidents. That was the reason why, later in the 80s, uh, these ideas had been uh, forbidden again. And maybe today it comes a little bit uh, back...
0: Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, we need to always um, remind ourselves that, uh, again, um, many engineers and uh, visionaries who work uh, with technology within teams, they all know how to make the cars uh, fast. Right. However, uh, they always have to kind of counterbalance their thoughts with what Mm fear Uh, allows. And of course, the job of fear is to keep everyone safe right on the track. And of course, this is a very important trade off. And um, like we said uh, before, uh, Lotus was not very safe for the drivers to drive, unfortunately. And, uh, uh, you know, this this is something that we have to keep in mind. And uh, and of course, you know, the um, the ground effect cars uh, uh, it, it was a great innovation, but it was not re- sustainable in the long run, because obviously it's not very, sa- it's very difficult to make them safe. Let's just say.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, nearly impossible. And this is mm-hmm. why it was forbidden because you there's always the risk that you uh, break too late you are, and then you're on the grass. And when you're on the grass, you lose out of the sudden uh, the ground effect and the car crashes quite heavily into something. Absolutely. Okay, and uh, with these changes, we will start going to Argentina and uh, a team which was quite uh, successful, was relatively small, coming from uh, Canada, the Walter Wolf Racing Team. And is uh, also, I think, uh, thanks to the talent of Jody Jekta, who won uh, the first uh, race of the season.
0: Yeah, and um, so we also see that um, uh, Car- Car- Carlos is doing was doing quite well from the beginning yeah. of the season, and, uh, uh, you know, he was third in Argentina and also first in Brazil, which I think is also a nice progression. And uh, yeah. here again, uh, we want to remind you that James Hunt had the pole, right? And uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit... Strange that you know he didn't manage to realize his poll into in polls into wins right early in the season. Um, yeah, and exactly, oh, but we will
1: uh, there we will uh, dig a little bit deeper, deeper so yes, before.
0: yes, of course, yeah. And uh, yeah, and and of course, uh, very good to see Niki Lauda in third place in Brazil. Um, so we have a, quite a quite a nice uh, podium there with uh, Carlos Reutemann in the 1st, uh, James Hunt in 2nd and Niki Lauda in 3rd place. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. and uh, of course uh, for uh, Niki Lauda, uh, motivator as uh, Reutemann and Lauda haven't been the biggest uh, friends.
0: That's right, that's right. Yeah, very exciting race in South Africa, right?
1: yeah exciting but unfortunately uh, very uh, tragic uh,
0: yeah.
1: if you see the accident, uh, very tragic and also let's say uh, uh, from from the risk uh, quite a strange uh, way uh, thing what happened and uh, I mean uh, we can uh, read it uh, here also for the uh, our listeners who just are with us with the audio podcast. So we have here. We are in uh, Kalami, South Africa. On lap 22, the shadow ford of the Italian driver, Renzo Sorsi, pulled off to the left side of the main street just after the brow of a hill and a bridge over the track. Uh, he was uh, having uh, technical problems, especially with his full metering unit and fuel was pumping directly onto the engine, which, uh, of course, uh, caused a fire. Sorsi uh, immediately not could not get out of the car immediately, um, and uh, due to this, a young marshal was uh, running uh, over the track, and um, Tom Price, uh, the driver, was unable to avoid hitting this uh, only 19-year-old uh, race marshal called yeah. uh, Frederick uh, Jansen van Wuren, and uh, uh, with this, uh, killed him. Uh, but also, he himself got uh, killed as the marshal's fire extinguisher stuck uh, him on the head. Uh, what killed him, and I mean, nevertheless, the car with the driver went all the way through uh, the street and there still collided with uh, the Laf- uh, with Ligier from uh, Jacques Lafitte. So, we have here a very uh, tragic uh, accident again where these uh, two people had been killed.
0: Uh, exactly exactly and um yeah so we also uh we discussed a lot uh, how at the kind of at the, at the beginning of formula 1 in 1950s we had a lot of um uh, incidents and collisions involving audience right and um and not so much uh, we didn't so much discuss what what was uh, what was happening with marshals but of course marshals yeah. were also very often uh, victims of uh, high speeds uh, yeah. and uh, I mean this is a really notorious case and uh, um, uh, it, it also had a quite a significant impact on the development of formula one because now obviously marshals are a lot better protected uh, than yeah. they used to be um, so, so definitely no one is uh, uh, would be allowed to run across the field anymore and um, yeah, so so the the sport again, um, you know, all this the tragic events that happened earlier uh, in in the history of Formula One, of course, have um, then impact on safety regulations. And mm-hmm. um, you know, the sport has learned again from this uh, the tragic events and, uh, yeah. So luckily um, uh, nowadays, uh, I don't remember the last case uh, when you know the mars- marshal would uh, would be uh, involved in an in an accident. So you know, uh, yeah, uh, that means that yeah, the protection is pretty good at the moment.
1: And that that's uh, correct, but let's say still in the seventies, eighties, uh, yeah. it was. Uh, it unfortunately happened, which is, let's say, especially uh, tragic. You may say because the drivers, I mean, they are aware that they are risking uh, their life, and they at least the top drivers get a lot of uh, money for this. But these Frank marshals, uh, these race marshals, they're here for the pure. Often because they really enjoy racing, they're not highly paid, and nevertheless they are uh, risking uh, their life when they are trying, for example, to cross uh, here uh, the track, or as we will see later, when they try to get other people out of a risky uh, area. Yeah,
0: that's right.
1: And with this, uh, we are staying in the Americas. Uh, sorry, we are not staying in the Americas. Of course, we are uh, moving uh, back to the Americas after we had been uh, in South Africa. So we are now at Long Beach, where we have uh, the victory, uh, the victory for Mario Andretti uh, on the mentioned uh, Lotus, mm-hmm. which was the first uh, home uh, victory of a US uh, driver and also the first victory of a ground effect car.
0: Yeah, that's right. And you know, we like we said before, Mario Andretti actually managed to to, to score quite a few polls that season. Uh, yeah. And again, um, we discussed uh, we discussed in in our specials that uh, Lotus, despite uh, the, their very innovative ideas, they often suffered from reliability issues, and these reliability issues actually backfired in quite a lot of races um and and we're playing play an important role um in you know uh, basically in the f- in 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 the out in the outcome that's you know yep. we see in in the actual race but yeah I mean both I think U.S and sp- Spanish uh, uh, Grand Prix were very uh, uh, very su- very successful for um for the Lotus team and Mario Andretti um so. that's right. mm-hmm And besides
1: this, we we see the debuts uh, of uh, important uh, names of the sport in Spain, uh, the debut of the uh, Williams Grand Prix uh, racing team at that time, still using the march. And uh, later in uh, Monte Carlo, uh, uh, the debut of uh, Ricardo Patrese, who also stayed a long, long long time in, uh, in Formula One.
0: Yeah, so I also want to say that, um, and kind of, I want to say a few words about uh, Williams' team. So, um, obviously, Frank Williams uh, was a great visionary in um, uh, in Formula One, and uh, uh, he um, his background was in uh, mechanic mechanics. So he never got an engineering degree, but he was a very, very talented mechanic, and. Williams kind of started from this uh, small um, uh, small team, but eventually they grew into um, one of the most kind of one of the most famous Formula yeah. One teams uh, and uh, one of the great features of this team for many years was that uh, it was uh, using uh, many kind of innovative ideas that are out there on the market. So this was the team that didn't have large budgets, or at least Mm -hmm. the budgets were never as large as those uh, available to Ferrari or McLaren and some other teams, for example, in the 90s, we had Toyota who kind of had a very, very high budget compared to other teams. Um, But at the same time, they managed, they would always manage to accomplish, you know, a nice car. Uh, and um, this allowed them to be very competitive for many years and sustainable, which is uh, which is yeah. also important. And also another cool thing about Frank Williams, he was really cool. Um, you know, it has at his entire history as a principal. He was mm-hmm. very cool at picking talent, you know, talented people who would drive and support the team and uh, he uh, grew within the team quite a few uh, cool engineers. So I'm I'm sure we will have a special on Frank Williams, but um, yeah. I just wanted to mention it here because yeah, this is their uh, the first year for um, for uh, Williams uh, Grand Prix Engineering. Yeah.
1: So uh, you may say uh, you would say that uh, let's say William the Williams team is somehow uh, uh, taking the position what Lotus had been the decades before. A Small team is a lot of innovation with uh, having an eye on the young talent.
0: Yeah, I would. Um, I kind of was trying to gradually go into <laughs> that conclusion, but yeah, I think uh, I think this this uh, this seems to be the case, right? And um... This is a very, actually, very interesting research question um, around sustainability, right? What mm-hmm. makes a sustainable Formula One uh, team? And um, I think um, uh, Williams team is, uh, is really unique. It's like a unicorn because um, mm-hmm. they demonstrated that you don't have to have large budget to, to make a great engineering. And and develop a great um, a great team. So essentially, they demonstrated that you know with the right leadership, you can actually achieve a lot, even in a sport where it's very difficult to enter. It right? is very difficult to compete. So um, and but you know back in 1977, it looked like oh well, you know yet another small team, right, uh, like yeah. Surtis or or something like this. But. Um, you know, this was really a very, very, very good um, start for um, for this really uh, important team in the history of Formula One.
1: Yeah, good. Yeah. And with this, let's continue. Uh, Belgium, solda uh, one of the tracks I also know personally. Mm-hmm. Here we had the first and also unfortunately only victory for the Swedish uh, driver uh, Gunnar Nielsen. he had a very short uh, career. He finished at the end of seventy seven um, and uh, would die at the end of seventy eight uh, due to cancer. So for mm-hmm. this tragically a quite short um, career and life uh, for this talented uh, person.
0: Yeah, and we we were going to to do'm I'm, I'm, I'm hoping soon we will do the uh, special on Ronnie Peterson again yeah. another. Uh, Scandinavian talent. uh, So and and uh, in fact, we don't have. uh, Well, so we do have uh, quite a lot of famous uh, Scandinavian drivers, but uh, probably up up uh, to uh, today. Yeah, yeah, but but um, uh, I want to say that there are not many of them. There are, there are many famous people, <laughs> but yeah. but not but not not that many of them. And yeah, it it was really cool to see the the kind of the, uh, the rise of of Scandinavian racing uh, back in nineteen seventies. So definitely, um, yeah, Gunnar Nilsson and Ronnie Peterson are among those uh, great Scandinavian drivers.
1: Yeah. And exactly based on these two, we had uh, also a Grand Prix in uh, Sweden because as we saw in the past, if you have local drivers who are competitive, then you have the local interest and this uh, uh, triggers that you get uh, one of the Grand Prix at least in the 70s uh, as opposite maybe today where uh, countries uh, buy their Grand Prix even if they don't have much relation to Formula one, but that will be a different topic.
0: That's right. That's right. And um yep. all French victory, right?
1: Uh, do you want to? Yeah, say a few uh, words all French about victory. <laughs> we we saw this uh, in in the past with uh, Italians. Uh, we saw this with, uh, of course, with British teams, and this was for the first time um all French victory, and something um which we will see also, of course, uh, later especially uh, then also this, uh, the, in the times with uh, Alan Prost.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And speaking of uh, French uh, drivers, now we are going to France, to Dihôn uh, and here again, uh, Mario Andiretti, John Watson, James Hunt. And uh, besides uh, I mean besides all the uh, technological progress of the ground effect car, I mean, still this design, uh, this um, black gold with the British Union Jack. I mean, it's uh, iconic.
0: Yeah, it is an iconic look for uh, Lotus. So, so many people remember this car, and uh, mm-hmm. definitely uh, black and uh, black and gold. I think is a combination that is quite uh, popular. <laughs> <laughs> yep. In in Formula One cars, but yeah, I mean this. Uh, they uh, the the cool thing was that of course they stepped uh, away from uh, the uh, the British green, um, and uh, but they've always been kind of very innovative. Uh, that way, yeah. Lotus and yeah, definitely a very yeah. very famous look.
1: Exactly, and uh, as you said, quite popular. So it was. Um... Copied by also by other teams. Um, in the latest years, uh, we saw uh, was it two two years ago the Haas team with a similar design. And in the same year 77, also we have the uh, Canadian Walter Wolf car yeah. in a very similar uh, design. And uh, also later, I think sh- would be a, a, a wolf is a very interesting topic. Because they they copied practically not only the library but later they start selling cigarettes. So completely the other way around. That first, the uh, black and gold, and then uh, got the idea: of, we look like John Player, so why not sell cigarettes?
0: Yeah, that's right. And um, yeah, actually there would be quite a few, I think, uh, entries in uh, American Grand Prix where you would see uh, also black and gold. Um, yeah. By smaller teams, but again, uh, yeah, great, uh, great result for Mario Andretti. Yeah. Yeah. Silverstone, which is uh, always uh, um, and and uh, yeah and and Hockenheim, uh, two um, uh, yeah. circuits where you never know what's gonna happen. It's almost like yeah. a Spa <laughs> <laughs> because like. it very often rains <laughs> and and things get interesting. Yeah, and uh, the uh, uh, cool—I think the cool event that we all remember is, of course, Silverio's first race, uh, his debut at McLaren. uh, Really cool, cool thing to see. But uh, in terms of a victory, no surprises there. James Hunt uh, uh, came first. Um, I mean, it's his uh, home circuit, so <laughs> uh, right. th- uh, that's expected. And um, yeah, of course, uh, like like Patrick said, there was there was also uh, we, uh, this is where we also saw quite a uh, few innovations from Renault uh, with uh, RS one car, right? Um, yeah, so I I, I do yeah. remember this race. It was very good. So yeah, yeah. if you have um uh, if you have time by all means uh, have a look at the footage uh, from the race um yeah I just want to remind to our viewers because sometimes they start watching our series in the middle uh, so we only use uh, materials that we are uh, um, that we are sourcing ethically so we're not using footage without permission so this is yeah. why uh, you normally see the the pictures where we're carefully citing the authors and uh, sources and um, yeah, we we, uh, we have the kind of this ethical uh, attitude towards yeah. using materials. So this is why in order to actually look at uh, the footage, you would need to go and find it from the official, like I guess, uh, the channel that we rec- can recommend as the official channel. Um, uh formula one channel and so right. look at look at footage from the right owners
1: <laughs> right and uh, if i'm correct uh, formula one they also have a paid service with a, a kind of a streaming platform where they have mm-hmm. a lot of classic uh, races
0: yeah that's right that's right and yeah. uh, definitely you, you know Uh, Keep in mind that uh, this is all uh, copyrighted material and uh, you do need to uh, acknowledge the people who did uh, the work. (laughs) Right. So it's better to obviously ethically ethically view these things.
1: Uh, Exactly. And um, so uh, the first race of the uh, Renault Turbo, uh, I remember, um, of course, uh, an innovation, but really uh, Renault had been struggling uh, uh, to make it uh, work Uh, so it took several years until the car not only was fast but also had been able uh, to win a championship but uh, they believed in their solution and at the end uh, the success came for the french renault team
0: Yeah, it uh, it was very, um, I think it was a very important uh, period in the development of French automotive in principle because, uh, you know, French automotive was in quite a bad state and then I think uh, it received a lot of attention from the government Uh, and we saw it in not only in racing, but also in kind of the production of regular cars, you know, Renault and Peugeot, they had quite a significant amount of investment. Uh, from the government uh, and uh, yeah. um, you know I think it was almost kind of the matter of national pride to make uh, Of so course much-
1: I mean uh, um, Renault uh, was like a governmental company mm-hmm. so uh, and, uh, and maybe also uh, you can align this a little bit in general maybe with French culture as uh, uh, maybe in opposite um, let's say to a uh, in Germany, the uh, French uh, had been much more optimistic related to technology uh, in the future. I mean, you see uh, other uh, important uh, the technical developments. You see, uh, they had been, I think, the first having the high-speed trains. They had the Concorde. Uh, French is still uh, palm, uh, very much into uh, atomic uh, ener- atom energy, so uh, they have a lot, uh, maybe a lot more positive uh, focus on technic- technology as other uh, uh, countries, as let's say as uh, Germany. So no, that's surprising uh, to uh, have this uh, turbo car coming uh, from uh, France.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I know. I think um, I think we need to. Uh, again, uh, stress the the fact that, you know, it was, I think um, uh, like by the time uh, when Renault started to develop uh, uh, very competitive cars, it was again a matter of national pride. It was really important for the entire nation to actually make automotive work as well as racing work, uh, making the competitive car, which is great. I mean, it's always great to see um, French manufacturing and French, um, uh, f- you know, French ideas in engineering. So we will see quite a few, especially in the 90s. Uh, there were some brilliant things that they have done. So yeah, uh, great. Um, wow. Despite the, all the pitfalls that Patrick mentioned, great thing, uh, uh, great innovation from Renault. Yeah. And uh, Germany, where we have Germany. probably. Uh, uh, <laughs> the worst record I don't know the opposite of the record the biggest failure <laughs> in, in Formula 1 well it's a contender yeah. for the biggest failure I guess in Formula yeah. 1 with Hans uh,
1: Heyer okay. right? <laughs> yeah it's somehow let's say one of the side notes uh, because uh, Hans Heyer he, he was uh, famous uh, with the uh, touring cars especially with the uh, Ford Capri Zag uh, and uh, he wasn't uh, participating in the whole uh, championship, but had the opportunity for a ride uh, at, for the home race. So uh, as you said, uh, one of the biggest failures, uh, he was the first driver in history and maybe uh, the only, I don't remember anything um, else. So first he did not- I think this yeah.
0: was the only case. Yeah,
1: yeah. so first uh, he did not qualify, uh, but again, uh, please, uh, Consider that he wasn't an experienced with Formula One. Uh, I'm sure he hadn't had a a car which makes you automatically qualify, so it's not uh, his personal failure.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, We we just want to say that uh, Hans Heyer is actually a very good driver. So it's, and and this is why this is what makes it so amazing, right? That that, that this happened to him. of all people, yeah.
1: Exactly. So he not qualified for the race, but for some reason, for some failure in the organization of the uh, event, he nevertheless uh, uh, started the race, but um, he couldn't finish due a technical uh, problem. But uh, besides this, he also got uh, disqualified as he not qualified.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. But a uh, very successful race for Niki Lauda uh as he came first in this yep. uh, in this race
1: and and again uh jody Schechter strong uh, with the uh, walter wolf uh, car and uh, of course very good um, result for another german driver hans joachim Stuck, who also had more uh was more famous later for the uh, endurance car and also touring cars uh, but at that time he was uh, driving uh, Together with I think uh, Vittorio Brambilla. Yeah, it, it was uh, together with Vittorio Brambilla in
0: the in the match. Yeah. So speaking of German drivers, uh, my students uh, last semester. Uh, so I had uh, I was teaching um, a, a whole uh, course in um, visual analytics, and my students did some uh, analysis Formula One, and uh, somehow they found that. Uh, um, if you are German, if you're a German driver, then you are somehow uh, more likely to win <laughs> in Formula One. I'm not sure I didn't check that. So I think we should definitely check that and maybe have a special uh, discussing like drivers from, uh, from different uh, countries. I mean it-
1: Maybe it depends when you do um, uh, the when you did the study. If you did the study in the 1970s, I mean German drivers had been very far away from winning uh, anything. Yeah, yeah, it was
0: on the whole. Yeah, from 1950s, so I looked at the whole history from 19, 1950 until 2020 or 2021 even, and uh, basically, yeah, this was the finding. I I, I have to say that yeah. I didn't check, but. Here's, would be interesting. Here's, here's a statement that we would need to verify. Uh, no offense to, of course, any, any other nationalities. And like I said, we appreciate all talent in Formula One. But I'm just saying there is this stylist fact that my students produced and uh, definitely we should, I think we should at least uh, um, uh, try to run our own uh, regressions uh, here and see whether, uh, whether we receive the same result.
1: Yeah, In fact, uh, some time ago I saw a documentary on YouTube and I think it was from one of the German uh, um, TV channels. So it's mm-hmm. there officially from back from the 1970s where they discussed why German drivers hadn't uh, had the opportunity to win. Uh, and uh, one of the points in the 1970s uh, had been that there have been practically no German uh, industry Sponsoring. I mean, there hadn't been any German cars, but they also had the big German companies like, let's say, Siemens or IG or, or whatever. Uh, there had been no German sponsors. So, in really, in, in the 1970s, there had been Teleton driver and they had their success, uh, but not uh, in Formula One. Mostly German drivers, they went to endurance uh, racing uh, where we had the very strong uh, Porsche cars. Um, That's right. Competing.
0: Right. Yeah, and we talked uh, a lot about Mercedes uh, before with uh, their exit, and uh, you know, um, yeah, so it's, it's great that they're back, and now we see great performance from Mercedes cars in Formula One. Yes. In recent years. And,
1: and, and thinking, I just have to uh, uh, put a side note because uh, I think in. Um, 77 It uh, a new German team uh, participated uh, ATS also mm-hmm. in yellow. And I will we will come to this later when we speak about the cars.
0: Yeah, but what? this is something that we need to check <laughs> and we will exactly. Um, okay, Austria uh, again, a very interesting circuit. Um, we don't get to talk about it much, but yeah, good again, uh, good. Uh, uh, race for Niki Lauda and hans joachim Stuck and of course Alan Jones uh, in the first place uh, in, on, in yes. the shadow car which again we will just we will look at engineering of the shadow car and you will see uh, yeah absolutely yeah. amazing
1: and of course uh, the victory is I would assume strongly is related to the talent of Alan Jones uh, who uh, will be also quite successful in the next years because the Shadow wasn't one of the strongest car in the field.
0: Yeah, and uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, you can see, uh, or or, uh, Spotify, I guess, uh, also showing us, Uh, you can also see uh, Alan Jones uh, on your screen right now. So that's the guy.
1: Yeah, uh, but I think uh, this would been a little bit uh, the later. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a later uh, picture. He but, was.
0: Uh, but he's not. Uh, I'm, but. I'm just saying that not probably not many people know what he looks like, <laughs> unless yeah. unless you are like a Formula One junkie like uh, right. me, me and uh, me and Patrick. So yeah. uh, you know, you you yeah, if you haven't seen the guy, this is uh, definitely check out the video uh, on YouTube or Spotify.
1: Uh, right. Uh, and uh, besides this, again, a g- uh, good result for Hans Joachim Stock uh, on the uh, March, this is the third position in Spielberg.
0: Yeah, that's right. And um, again, um, you know, uh, as you can see, pretty good run generally in Austria, Netherlands, and Italy for Niki Lauder with a second, yeah. first, and second place. Uh, respectively, yes. and again, uh, Mario Andretti, uh, Andretti did really well and Monza, uh, which is very exciting circuit, very difficult to drive, like we yeah. explained before in in, in several specials. Um, and uh, yeah, again, uh, like Patrick said, and, and some, know, something
1: similar to a home Grand Prix for Mario Andretti, as he was born in the yeah. Kingdom of Italy.
0: That's right. That's right. So um, uh, you know. Um, again, so th- this is, um, uh, uh, I think, um, kind of the disappointment of the season was that Mario Andretti didn't kind of manage to realize all his balls, uh into wins, but uh, Monza was but, uh, one of the exceptions, yeah.
1: Yeah, but uh, I mean, uh, not uh, his fault, but uh, related to the real reliability or the missing reliability of his car.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, we're not uh, blaming anyone here. Just saying that yes. okay, it happened, uh, this, uh, the underline. this is a fact, yes. Um, yeah. And uh, kind of the intrigue of the season finished uh, or was decided, uh, the, the fate of the season was decided in the US, mm. uh, where it was uh, already uh, clear who the champion yeah. was going to be. And uh, like uh, Patrick said, uh, Nicky Lauda did really well uh, that season. And, um, you know, I guess it's not very obvious from the initial table that we've shown. But uh, if you look at the whole kind of standings uh, in each race, you understand that he did pretty well, you know, with kind of being on podium almost at every race. Even when he was not first, he was either second or third. And, uh, you know, this is great uh, result for Niki Lauda and, I mean, really well deserved uh, because uh, of, you know, all the previous troubles and really being so brave uh, by kind of yeah. getting back into the driving seat after what happened to him. Right. So yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, so it was an interesting uh, year. I mean, he was not uh, dominating. I mean, he was not winning. Uh... Uh, too many races, but he did uh, uh, quite intelligent, intelligent uh, score points, and uh, this, uh, of course, no surprise as his nickname was the uh, computer. Uh, and also, uh, the race in, uh, in the race in Watkins Glen showed uh, his special uh, character. I mean, he was already uh, after seventy-seven. He's coming back so uh, soon after his accident somehow destroyed his relationship with Enzo Ferrari. So in '78 he was in negotiations uh, with Brabham. In fact, he already uh, decided to leave to Brebham and after he won the championship uh, for, uh, with the Ferrari, he decided to not uh, uh, go to Canada and Japan. Uh, but let somebody else driving uh, the Ferrari car.
0: Yeah, and this is again, uh, uh, you know, it's really, again, great thinking from from, uh, uh, Niki Lauda. So we we discussed uh, his uh, very rational and kind of uh, statistically oriented mind and again so here's here's he's again thinking as a team player and thinking okay well, you know let's just uh, let's just get this uh, you know this experience so let's, let's just make sure that someone else gets this experience so it's it's really well, really
1: well but but let i'm not sure uh, any yeah, okay they already Farai it was not only decided the um, individual championship but also Uh, Ferrari won the Constructors' Constructors Championship, championship. so let's say, uh, with this, let's say he did uh, his job for securing both titles, Uh, on the other hand you may argue that he's a little bit uh, egoistic uh, related to sponsors, maybe uh, related to his mechanics, but I mean this is a point of uh, discussion, you may have the both opinions, I think
0: yeah yeah I'm just saying that you know that so the, the time could begin and in, in training right, and to preparing yeah. for the next season. that's what i mean so and yeah. he 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 basically making that decision, he just uh, gave an opportunity for the team to better prepare for the next season. so that's what I mean. I don't mean that you know uh, it's necessarily the, like seeing him in performances elsewhere, yeah. but um yeah, uh, so yeah. Uh, but, I mean, this was, again, uh, this is a rational it, thing to do, right? I mean, you won yeah. already, so this yeah. <laughs> this is it. And this
1: is, uh, was uh, his uh, character, uh, Niki Lada was always uh, very straight. And uh, he underlined, for example, in in his uh, book, that if you take a decision, that you have to stick to your decision, not change it, whatever happens. So he was very transparent with this, so a quite predictable behavior.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'm sure that this was probably discussed early on um, uh, yeah. within the team. Yeah, and again, yeah. you know, um, you know, we 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 see the victory from Jody um, sector in Canada, but um, yeah. like Patrick said, uh, the the earlier incident um, with, uh, with with the marshal was not the only one that season, and mm-hmm. we also had a. Yes, um, tragic a, a tragic uh, death uh, of uh, Marshall and a photographer right in, in, in Japan. Um, yes. So unfortunately uh, the, the kind of the end of the season was also kind of overshadowed by this um, by, by, um, by more tragic events.
1: Yes, and uh, as we mentioned in the beginning uh, here, the uh, marshal, uh, he wanted uh, to get out people out of this uh, unsafe uh, uh, location. So he wanted uh, he was uh, worried about other people uh, safety and due to this uh, lost uh, his uh, life.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. And um, again, you know, the, the photographer was also uh, was also killed. And we discussed yeah. previously at uh, several events where you know it was initially it was kind of the audience uh, in general was at risk and then photographers had some special permissions to get closer to the uh, uh, to to the track to the circuit and uh, very often it would backfire uh, in tragic accidents when you know a photographer would be also involved.
1: Yeah, since uh, after this, uh, as uh, both Car- Carlos Reutemann and uh, James Hunt uh, not stayed until um, receiving uh, for the podium, and they wanted to prefer to go home, Maybe may be understandable uh, after this tragic accident. So uh, uh, Patrick Deparrier uh, had been the only one standing on the podium and um, after this the regulations had been uh, changed. So if you are finishing a race in the first three positions, you have to stay and you have to be on the podium if you like it um, or, not. or not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, uh, it is, you know, it is difficult to blame them for, for not exactly. wanting to stay. It's uh, Psychologically it's very difficult, of course. Yes. And uh, you know, especially, you know, the, uh, after a whole season, right? Uh, and uh, yeah. you know, they were obviously not. Yeah. For example, James Hunt did not win the season. It probably was also related to that. So, yeah. so there the, the was there were probably many reasons. But uh, yeah. On the other hand, uh, I agree that if you don't, if you cannot show up to your own, uh, yeah. <laughs> To, to your own podium, that's uh, that's pretty bad uh, because yeah. you know, the, the fans are there, whether you like it or not. And, um, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And let's say as the last and this only as a side note, uh, Ian Schecter, um, uh the brother of Joey Schecter, he was expelled from uh, Japan uh, due to having only a tourist visa and not a working visa. This also, uh, of course, uh, based on political uh, reasons. Uh, Please remember that uh, at that time South Africa still had the apartheid regime, and the Chekta brothers uh, are South Africans. Yeah. So it was a a pure uh, political topic. This was not related to uh, their personal um, opinions or political um, ideas. So they just had been expelled because they had been South Africans independent, what they think or not think uh, regarding the apartheid regime.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we recently saw also interesting events with other sports, right, when uh, uh, even uh, like uh, quite prominent uh, um, uh, athletes uh, would not be mm. led uh, into the country. Uh, due to yep. kind of COVID uh, standing, not not political. Well, well I, can, uh,
1: here you, I, missed, uh, I mean, here you can argue that uh, he, he had or had not uh, the requirements to enter. It was not just uh, based uh, from which country you're coming.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's, uh, it's it also has to do that everyone has to be treated the same, right? We saw that recently yeah. with Novak Djokovic uh, yeah. and uh, his entry into Australia where... You know on the one hand like everyone obviously wants him to compete but on the other hand um, you know everyone understands that if you decide to apply the same rule to everyone then you shouldn't look at whether that's a famous person or not famous person and yeah uh, yeah. so there was a lot of controversy around that but i think the decision ultimately was to to deport him because you know he, he really didn't have the vaccinations and if yeah. everyone has to have the vaccinations, then everyone has to have a vaccine. Have vaccine. That's right, that's right, So, so again, like if you know the visa should have been work visa and it wasn't, then you know that yeah. is that's no. I, it
1: reason. was it was, co- it was uh, correct. If uh, he not had the adequate visa, then you have to treat uh, a Formula One driver uh, the same as any other person.
0: Yeah, a person. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right and 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 that's uh, you know that's fair that's that's how yeah. it is uh because we often see these double standards applied to um to famous people and uh, yeah. you know the, uh well Japan just showed that they're not the country that where this is possible. I mean, again, this is, of course, you know, we don't know how this could have affected the result. And, uh, you know, maybe if Ian Shaktar was there, maybe the result would have been different. But uh, at the same time, you know, uh, I think it's, uh, yeah, if if really they just wanted to apply the rules and not uh, uh, kind of play some politics, then of course it is a fair thing to do. Um,
1: yep. But with this, we finished uh, this season, and we will speak a little bit about the cars.
0: Let's look at the cars.
1: Yep. And no surprise, because we already mentioned it, the Ferrari uh, won for a third uh, time in a row. Remember, uh, the year before, um, James Hunt won the Drivers' Championship, but nevertheless, Ferrari got the uh, Constructors' Championship, so now the third time They won, and uh, they won exactly with this very beautiful car. Mm -hmm. And uh, after this, the uh, second position, uh, Lotus, with the uh, very fast, but unfortunately not that reliable car. Uh, McLaren, uh, same, fast, but not reliable. And uh, we will come to this uh, later. Number f- surprise for me, uh, the fourth position is the fourth, the Wolf uh, Ford. And here I think this is also uh, related to Jody Checkers' uh, talent as a driver.
0: Yeah, that's right. And uh, I just want to also say that, uh, you know, in a sense, the second, third and fourth place uh, it's not that exciting here because yeah. uh, the difference between uh, Ferrari and the second standing uh, team is uh, 33, 33 yeah. points. It's a huge difference <laughs> um, and again, this was not so uh, obvious right from the standings uh, but, uh, sorry, from the wins but from yeah. uh, became, uh, uh, became obvious if you looked at the whole standings.
1: Exactly. So I think uh, it's fair to say that it was mostly thanks to the sustainability of the Ferrari, the reliability, because if they had been working, many times the Lotus and McLaren had been uh, faster. Mm
0: -hmm. And also shows you a different strategy that you can apply. I mean, we saw it in several previous seasons that, you know, you don't have to win every race, but if you sustainably sort of you get into top three, that, that gets you the title. Yep.
1: Yeah. And uh, after uh, Wolf, just to finish, we have the uh, Brabham Alfa Romeo, and it was also a very uh, beautiful car, Tyrell, Shadow, Ligier Fittipaldi, Ensign Sotis, Pensky, and unfortunately, without points, the Japanese Kojima Ford, L.C. Ford, LBRM, which was the last uh, season, I think, as the official team, uh, Renault, Borofort Apollon fort and McGuire Ford. teams which I sh- I'm sure most of us never heard of to be honest
0: yeah many many uh, many people don't know right that's right yeah
1: if anybody wants to have a special about Borofort please send us a message
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, let's look at the cars. So this is the car that Patrick also demonstrated yeah. in, the, in the model uh, form and this is uh, Niki Lauda, as you can see from, uh, so if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see the picture yeah. of Niki Lauda. Uh, And so, yeah, as you can see, very cool, iconic car, red car with number one on it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, (laughs)
0: Absolutely brilliant.
1: And and a Uh, consequent uh, evolution of the last years. And this, uh, uh, of course, the reason why the car was so reliable, because uh, this was a consequent evolution and no revolution.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, for those of you who are just listening to us, uh, this this is we're talking about three twelve T two Ferrari. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, McLaren also very sleek and cute car um, yep. with uh, Marlboro um, uh, uh, with with Marlboro sponsorship and kind of orange. Uh, uh, which was, I, I think,
1: it, yeah, maybe this is the the quality of the photo,
0: yeah, yeah, it's reddish, but I mean, more in, into yeah. the still more into the orange. Um, uh, so it was red, uh, I I agree, so yeah. it, it kind of was a red, uh, red car, but kind of more orange red than Ferrari. So, Ferrari is, yeah, a yeah, deep red. Um,
1: there's the, uh, mm-hmm. uh, an opposite, uh, to later, uh, in the 1980s, when one season I remember, Kiki Rosberg for had uh, some kind of an orange Marlboro design, as Marlboro uh, had been considering change changing the colors of its
0: products. But, yeah, but this was just one you know, yeah, yeah. But for McLaren, uh, orange was uh, uh, their yeah, color, right. for traditional color for many years. And so even, I just wanted to say that uh, even if it's red, it's kind of orange <laughs> for McLaren. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like orange is a new red. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, yeah,
1: and also uh, remember, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, remember, if yeah. you saw our episode about the 76, the M26 was the car which already, t- what's uh, uh should have been uh, starting in the 76 season, but they never got it uh, really running uh, in 76. So uh, it only debuted, uh, but they only uh, uh, used it once in 76 and for the whole year. They used it now this year, but again, uh, the reliability wasn't really there.
0: Mm-hmm. Again, for those of you who are just listening to us, we're talking about McLaren M26. And uh, yeah, if you yep. see us, on, if you're watching us, then yeah, you see the photo uh, yep. on your screen.
1: And of course, uh, loved by the fans, the Tyrell P-34 in his second and uh, last year, the six-wheeler. Uh, we discussed a little bit six-wheeler in our special uh, edition, um, uh, maybe uh um, a lot of people may think that uh, six wheelers had been uh, banned uh, due to regulations after seventy-seven, but in fact, it was uh, Turell uh, who uh, understood that this solution wouldn't go anywhere, so they switched back to the four wheelers, so it wasn't that they had been forbidden, at least not in the 70s later, I think uh, the regulation excluded six wheelers like in eighty-two or eighty-three.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, even also, if nobody uh, tried to
1: really uh, race them again.
0: Yeah. And also very interesting, uh, very interesting sponsorship, of uh, sponsorships on this car where it's kind of just yeah. basically written, you know, <laughs> travelers checks and, and, yeah. and other things. Um, but uh, yeah, the cool thing again, that they, they are uh, very loyal to the blue Color yep. and uh, you know you could see that you can see that it's a it's a French car from from far from far away, and so uh, yeah this is P34 Tyrell.
1: Exactly, not as competitive as in the year before, and that's why Cantarell uh, uh, understood that this solution wouldn't go anywhere, so switch back to four wheelers. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, with I'm...
1: this we are coming to the Brabham BT45. Be in the another iconic uh, design, uh, Martini Racing. Martini uh,
0: Racing. Ra- yeah, we, we discussed uh, uh, yeah. Italian sponsorship and we looked at this car. Then, uh, yeah, yeah, brilliant, uh, uh, yeah, brilliant design. Really cool colors and color combinations. Yeah. And uh, you know, Martini sponsorship uh, kind of added to this uh, colorful, colorful design. Yes.
1: Yes, uh, it, is it's, it's, by a,
0: it is a nice yeah. car. It is a very—I mean, I know that it didn't do well in, competitively, but um, you know, it is—it is, it, it is very cute and sleek and yeah. Um, yeah. nice looking.
1: Yeah, designed uh, by Gordon Murray, here, who, who later founded his own company and okay. is nice. selling now uh, super uh, sports cars. So if you have some millions. Uh, in the yes, per millions laying
0: around uh, definitely yeah <laughs> good yeah, this will be money well spent
1: <laughs> yeah go to uh, I think gardenmercast.com or something like this and uh, you can see them
0: Lotus that we mentioned before uh so yeah. in in gold and and black uh, uh, this uh, this is um again very famous design and uh, yeah this is Lotus 7 8, uh on your screens and uh yeah uh, something that uh, we also saw the kind of uh, a different picture earlier uh, yeah. of 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 um the 77 model and uh yeah but you can
1: yep and yep Unfortunately, we don't have a photo from under the car because this was the first car with a ground effect and this is based uh, directly on uh, Colin Chapman as he was an engineer. He studied uh, the works of other uh, engineers, especially uh, airplane uh, engineers, Uh, for example from the uh, Haviland Mosquito Mosquito. Mosquito. and uh, the idea was to have a a reverse, the car as a reverse wing so that high speeds uh, you not go in the air but do the opposite but stick to the ground so uh, this concept has been related uh, to airplanes
0: yeah that's right and uh, you know we also uh, uh, discussed at one point how innovations from from, uh, formula one then contributed to other industries and uh, yeah you know even though the the idea was borrowed from uh, airspace kind of went back to space afterwards as well. Yeah. So very very interesting kind of dynamics uh-huh. and um, yeah so 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 Chapman definitely kind of we, we already, we already talked talked about him a lot and he definitely was a visionary and uh, borrowed from many different uh, his ideas from many different industries and uh, yeah you know just absolutely genius engineer and, and manufacturer yeah
1: that's right. Now we're yeah, coming to the British Racing Motors P207, the last BRM car, not the last year, because the P207 was still used, by a, I think, by a private team in the next year, but this was really the last uh, car produced by BRM.
0: Mm-hmm. And in blue.
1: <laughs> and in blue. Yeah. For friendly, whatever yeah. reason, but of, of course, for sponsor reason.
0: <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah,
1: Penske, um, Penske uh, from the US, the PC4, uh, Penske, um, they participated uh, with uh, its team in 76, uh, but decided uh, to leave um, uh, Formula One, So they and they sold, I think, their team and their cars to the German RTS team. So uh, these cars had been uh, used in 77 by the German ATS team before they would really design the Uh, first own car for the next season. RTS, small team, but stayed uh, for quite some years in uh, Formula One.
0: That's right.
1: And RTS, normally in yellow, and with this, we are coming to Renault.
0: Renault. Yeah.
1: Famous, uh, always in uh, yellow, only if they uh, um, race as Alpine, then they change to blue, but uh, yellow is the normal color for this team.
0: Yeah, RS-01 that we've already talked about uh, throughout this episode. Uh, uh, Yeah, Yeah. turbocharged car. Very cool.
1: Yeah, I assume it stands for Renault Sport, the first one. Mm -hmm. So really also quite uh, iconic, of course, uh, the yellow Renault's an idea which wouldn't win start winning uh, from the beginning, but uh, later on would become quite successful.
0: Yeah, in and Michelin tires. There we go.
1: Exactly. Also, all French.
0: Yeah. Shadow. Yeah. Uh, this is a very nice, cute car. Um, yeah. Uh, in white. And yep. uh, yeah, they, as you can see, if you see it on your screen, they didn't have. Uh, uh, as much sponsorships as others but uh, you know yeah. nevertheless a very cute looking car yeah. um, and somehow
1: white... um, yeah somehow a white uh, became like the U- uh, the national color for the US um, just uh, has presented today it's designed for 2020 and uh, it practic- practically looks like last year
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> mostly yeah. white
0: yes Yeah, and sorties uh, also in white. Uh, and again, I just want to remind you that uh, normally when you paint uh, um, a Formula One car, you first paint it white, and then you painted painted some other color on top. And um, yeah, uh, this is why also white cars are lighter, right? So and, and yeah. cheaper to to produce. <laughs>
1: and uh, I, I assume also in summer it's uh, not that hot. Mm -hmm. as in opposite to your colleagues who sit in a black car
0: in a black car yeah yep and here is this wolf that uh, that patrick mentioned before that practically basically stole the (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna say stole but yeah but used to the same colors as lotus black yeah uh, walter wolf
1: yeah, Walter Wolf, a very uh, fascinating character, an immigrant originally from Austria, who went to Canada, and uh, I'm sure we also have to speak about this small team, as there are so many stories around. And again, at, at least in '77, very fast and successful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: Haskell. in blue. Blue. Yeah. Unfortunately, Heskes, uh has been a little bit in '77. Like uh, has been. I mean, these are the rest, like the rests of the former famous team. So, uh, and, yeah. and I mean, and, they...
0: and the feminists would not appreciate uh, this car yeah. at all uh, because yeah. it's, got, it's got some women drawn on on them. Anyway. <laughs>
1: Exactly, and uh, I mean, as, in, uh, if you remember the uh, Rush uh, movie, uh, you know that it was the original idea by Lord Heskes to do not have any kind of sponsoring, Sponsors. and uh, as I said, this team's a little bit, uh, has been not much in relation with the original Heskes, so they also gave up on that idea, and they had been looking for sponsoring.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: From blue we go back to yellow, not that fast, but uh, very fast looking at least on this uh, photo in the Brazilian uh, national color yellow is the Brazilian flag, uh, Brazilian driver. So this has been the all Brazilian team in opposite to the all French uh, Renault.
0: Yeah. And don't we all regret uh, that uh, Emerson Fittipaldi switched to this car? Uh, despite it being, it being Brazilian, and it's really cool for Brazil to have their own yeah. uh, team, um, but at the same time, kind of I I feel sad that he didn't drive for kind of more competitive yeah. teams um, in in his yeah. career. Yeah, yeah and, and we I think it of, more
1: in
0: the- Yeah, I think he kind of ended his career early because of this uh, idea to have his own team with his brother.
1: Yeah, at least in Formula 1 because uh, later he returned to to the Marlboro mm-hmm. uh, colors at least in uh, IndyCar, so had, in general he had a very long uh, career but in Formula 1
0: it went relatively
1: I... short. Yeah. At least a uh, uh, short in uh, in the years where he, he was competitive. And we finish, uh, like the years Kojima. before, with the Japanese Kojima KA-009, which practically I think, only participated in the Japanese race.
0: Yeah, and it's a black car.
1: Yeah, uh, black car, so quite the opposite of what you would expect from a Japanese car and then opposite to the other Japanese car, bay, which I unfortunately forgot the name, which started in white with the uh, red sun for the typical Japanese
0: design. Well, Honda, we we had several Honda. Yeah, yeah, of course, uh, Honda,
1: but I I didn't mm -hmm. meant Honda. I meant the the small one, which has been active in the 70s.
0: Okay, I'm not sure which one you mean, but anyway, (laughs) we will just move on to people at this stage. Um, And yeah, Niki Lauda in first place and uh, 28 years old. And what a brave guy. I mean, what a brave guy. What can we say? Yep. I mean, it's like, yes. yeah, many drivers would would have quit in his place, but he not only, yep. uh, but you know, got back into the driving seat, but won the 1977 season, yep. which is great. Exactly.
1: His second uh, driver's championship.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Jody Schechter and Wolf. And Mario Andretti and Lotus. Yeah. And Mario so some
1: people who which should win championships uh, in the following years.
0: Yeah, and uh, you see Mario Andretti is uh, almost 10 years older than both uh, Niki Lauda and Jody Scheck. <laughs> um, yeah. Which is also again uh, shows you the vision of uh, uh, Colin Chapman who, you know, went for more Um, experienced driver rather than uh, going for younger uh,
1: talent and this is a a relevant um, difference uh, to Williams so to what we discussed uh, earlier in this episode uh, Mm -hmm. where where, uh, Colin Chapman had uh, new ideas new cars but let's say older drivers in opposite uh, to the technology
0: that's right but I mean, I think uh, to work with uh, um, you know new te- technology to be able to constantly adapt to a lot of innovation, you probably need yeah. to be you need to have some experience at least. Yeah. Yep, I
1: completely agree about that.
0: Yeah. Then I Carlos was...
1: Reutemann in the second uh, Ferrari, of course, uh, important uh, his results for. Uh, the uh, constructors championship, also uh, a little bit uh, older, is uh, thirty-four years mm-hmm. in that year.
0: And, and then Hunt. only, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. And then only the two McLaren drivers, James Hunt and uh, Jochen Maas. And here we would uh, go at, um, dig a little bit deeper, as we mentioned in the beginning, uh, especially because you may ask what happened to James Hunt after being the, the uh, hero, the champion of 76. And this also uh, related uh, to Niki Lauda's uh, statement that after 76, he had proven everything he had to prove and he wasn't motivated uh, anymore. Uh, but let's uh, see uh, the data we have. We have here the results from qualification uh, and uh, the races. Uh, James Hunt uh, got 7 pull positions, so uh, um, I think this should show that he was motivated uh, and also, of course, that the car was fast, so in average, he uh, qualified on the third point two position. uh, uh, In opposite to Jochen Maas, uh, who only had been on position 9.5 in average, Something which we discussed uh, in the past, in the 1970s, the teams have been uh, smaller and uh, mostly the number one driver had a better car than the number two driver, This, which includes uh, an engine delivered by Ford who had some uh, horsepower more than the engine which got the number two driver. This uh, may explain a little bit the high gap in the qualification and that the gap gets uh, smaller In the race uh, itself, where the quality of the motor—I mean, the horsepower—is a little bit uh, less important than for the qualification.
0: Yeah, and again, I just want to point out the uh, the picture that we have for the car, uh, McLaren car, that as you see on this page, and it is even though it is red, it is kind of orange. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for Ghana, it's orange. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, it is. Look at it. I mean, it's. It's it's a lot more. There's a lot more yellow in this red, but um, yeah, I just want to say, um, yeah, about um, you know about this um, uh, kind of standoff between uh, James Hunt and Niki Lauda. I think also, you know, you could you could tell from um, from 1977 um, season results that psychologically, right? Psychologically, yeah. Nicky Lauda definitely prevailed. Yeah. Um, and um, this is, I think, it's just um, probably very difficult to race against Nicky Lauda uh, under the circumstances when he has, a, you know, very strong car and, uh, you know, obviously a very cool character as it turned out. So, um, you know, this is probably not only the result of the car, uh, yeah. you know, being not as reliable as Ferrari, but also, you know, psychologically it's difficult to, to yeah, do that.
1: I, I mean, I, I completely agree that um, Niki Lauda was the strong uh, driver. But uh, to defend uh, James Hunt, I mean, you see here the numbers. In eight races, he had to retire. And uh, I mean, yeah. If, you retire eight times of course you cannot win a championship and also uh, you're losing a lot of experience to learn about the car so uh, very frustrating uh, year for James Hunt.
0: Yeah I mean uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not trying to d- kind of devalue the contribution of James Hunt to the sport and we had a very yeah a very cool special about him so please check it out but um i'm just uh I, i'm just saying that you know it it is very um you know on on top of uh, all the problems with reliability we yes. also have to consider the fact that you know yeah. the, the, the psychological factors here yeah,
1: yeah. of course a- a- everything goes together and uh, just to finish uh you also may check out, of course, our special on uh, Jochen Mass. Yes. About both of the drivers, we have a special available.
0: Yeah. Then, uh,
1: position seven to nine, uh, Alan Jones uh, with the shadow. I think also here the driver was better than the car, which he and his talent he should prove later, with, uh, especially with Williams.
0: Yeah. Uh, Gunnar Nielsen, we mentioned him before, and um uh, yeah. uh Patrick Depalier, um uh, again, Tyrell driver. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. And that was the season. Mm-hmm. Behavior uh notable characters.
0: Uh, Lauda. Maybe.
1: <laughs> I just wanted to say, uh, I assume you will agree that it was uh, Nikki Lauda as we showed in the beginning. Uh, it was the third uh, act of the play where our hero uh, accepted his challenges and uh, overca- overcame the problems and won the trophy, so f- for us to Niki Lauda.
0: Yeah, um, that's right. Um, um, I mean, notable wins. I think there were quite a few that season. Of course, um, yeah. I would like to kind of uh, point out Mario Andretti's um, wins. Yeah. So definitely Silverstone, uh, James James Hunt. Uh, so probably, if I had to pick one of Mario Mario Andretti's, that would be would would be Monza uh, for Mario Andretti. Then. Uh, Obviously, James Hunt's victory in Silverstone, and uh, yeah, I mean uh, we could um, we could talk about many races uh, for Niki Lauda, but I guess uh, the German Grand Prix, right? You have to.
1: Yeah, I I would uh, go with uh, Mario Andretti, as it was the victory for uh, Mario himself, but also the victory for this new concept. Uh, the new technology, the ground effect car, which was working since the beginning in, in opposite, for example, to Renault, where the technology only would uh, years later uh, uh, win championships. So I think for this, I would also uh, go with the victory from Mario Atretti. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, notable accidents, obviously, already mentioned yeah. um, the, the two fatal accidents for the marshals. And, yes, and uh, the other involved The photographer Yeah, so 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 essentially Yeah uh, I mean that highlighted the lack of Safety for the marshal yeah. um, And the uh, Strategies, of course uh, I think this is something that we highlighted At the beginning Here we should mention uh, Well, uh, I would like to mention Anyway, three teams um, So with Um Obviously, Lotus, uh, yeah. Renault, and Ferrari. Yeah. Um, so this this would be the three teams that really stood out that season.
1: Uh, exactly, uh, and just to resume, Lotus having because having the revolutionary technology paired with an experienced driver, uh, Renault with having the uh, complete uh, revolution of the turbo engine, and a Ferrari being practically the opposite to this, uh, having a very conventional car, uh, com- continuous development, so nothing, no revolution, but uh, a cautious sustainability. evolution, yes. sustainability, and uh, uh, this was, f- uh, this year, the winning factor, I think, for the Scuderia. Mm-hmm.
0: Legacy. Yeah, again, uh, this is definitely Niki Lauda's year. Yeah. And finally, uh, you know, we, we, we see the victory and, uh, you know, considering that he kind of how quickly he put himself together in 1976 as well deserved victory for, uh, for Niki Lauda. Yes. And, and also, I think, demonstrates the um, this uh, the victory of this calculated and statistical approach to um, to Formula One, right? That it is exactly. also it's not only the skill, but it's also science. I think exactly. that this um, this season demonstrated it very very well.
1: Exactly, and that's why he was called the computer. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree, and I would add as we speak we spoke. It was the dawn of the ground effect car, the dawn of the turbo area. So it's a little bit. Uh, we are, I think, we are in a change uh, of times in Formula One, becoming a more modern Formula One where we have these new technologies. So I think it was a a, a time of ch- of changing technologies where we still had the con- uh, the uh, conventional Ferrari very competitive, but also uh, the new Lotus uh, who could uh, win uh, races. So I think it was something like a change of times.
0: Mm -hmm. Definitely. All right. So with that, uh, we come to the the end of this episode. Uh, Thanks a lot for being with us. And don't forget that we are um uh, we have video on now youtube and spotify and thanks to patrick we're also present on on i don't know how many but many different tell platforms cannot escape <laughs> us Yeah. so um yeah please uh, check out other episodes and uh, uh, again we do not uh, want to say that we know everything we don't uh, so please uh, tell us uh, if we missed something or uh, you disagree with us or you agree with us. Uh, and it's been really great to, to hear from uh, our viewers lately. Uh, so we had some really cool comments and a lot of positive feedback. So thank you guys for being with us. Thanks a lot.
1: Yeah. Thank you. And see you hopefully the next time.
0: Thank you. Bye.
1: Thank you. Bye.